great physician Luke, and it was written around A.D. 60, and it covers about a 30-year period. And here in Acts, we are just tracing Paul and Silas and Timothy's route on their missionary journey. And with this chapter, we find Paul on his second missionary journey that began way back on Acts 15 and 40 with Paul and Silas passing through Syria and Sicilia. Uh, strengthening churches along the way. But we see in the scripture that I read that there was a great earthquake and immediately all the doors were open and all the chains were loose. So for a ter- sermon topic for today, when God opens and closes doors, when God opened and closes doors, I, I will tell you, Good hope. The longer and longer I preach, I'm beginning to see that God uses ordinary people like myself. He uses parts and pieces of my life to get his message out to people. I notice that also in the Bible that God uses the life of ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He used their life struggles and their victories to tell his story. I, I understand that more and more as I preach the word of God, people who know me and who know that they know that I am a driven person. I'm always looking to go to the next level, whether it's at work, in my studies, at school, at home, and even in my marriage and with my children and my friends. With me, it's always how do I get through the next door? I'm always looking to see how I can get to that next level. So I'm driven by getting to the next level in this journey I call life. What I'm learning, though, Good Hope, and what I have had to learn is that sometimes, but not all the time, but sometimes the things that we are driven for are not the things that God is driving us to. Let let me just say that the things that we are driven for, a lot of times God is not driving us to. I find it pretty amazing that Dr. Harris is teaching about uh, contentment about being content with who we are as Christians, allowing God to use us when and where he pleases. Contentment means not worrying because God got us and will supply all of our needs. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19 and 1 Peter 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, First Peter 5 and 6. Notice that the due time is God's time and not our time. Too many times when we are going through something, we don't think that God lifts us up fast enough or opens that door fast enough. You see, in the days of Peter, my commentary tells me that the saints were going through the fires of affliction. They were going through trials They were uh, that um, were not sent by God, but were permitted by God. Peter is saying that we have to humble ourselves, especially during our trials, and God will exalt us in due time. In God's time, he might not have uh, been, it may not have been your time or my timetable, but he's always right on time. Amen. You see, I I was given this sermon several weeks ago. God has been speaking to me about doors, especially locked doors. But in this instance, he directed me toward unlocked 
doors. With this thought in mind, when God shuts doors or doors are not open for us, there is a reason the door is being locked. God is saying, I am protecting you or you are not ready for what is behind that door. I'm just speaking to Kenny right now, y'all. Too many times we put our keys in the doors and the door, when the doors will not open, uh, the problem is that we spend all of our time working the key in the door, turning and pushing, pulling the key out, putting the key back in. And at the end of the day, the key still does not work and the door is still locked shut. We become frustrated and fatigued because we have exerted so much energy in trying to unlock doors that was never that we were never given the key to unlock. We can manipulate a door and open it. We can jimmy a door and open it. And even sometimes we can force a door open only to have that door close on us or suffer the heartaches and headaches associated with the forced open door. You see, I'm talking to me today because in this journey I call life lately, over the last couple of months, so many doors have been shut, and I've been seeing doors opening up for everybody else around me, and I'm saying, God, what is going on? I'm fully qualified. I have the credentials, or I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. Why is my key not working? We we see in Acts that Paul, Silas, and Timothy journeying as God opens and closes doors. I, I, I Like Paul and his crew, we too have a journey, a destination of open and closed doors that will get us to where God wants us to be. I, I, I like to think in my 21st century mind that God has given each of us an individual key to all the doors that will open in our life. I, I need you to understand that he, he didn't do like he does with the janitors and give us 30 and 40 keys to hang off our ring. We have one key, and that key opens up all the doors to the destination that God has us headed for in our life. You see, my brothers and sisters, when God opens doors, he opens up opportunities for us to plant seeds and to spread the gospel. Because after all, isn't that what it's all about? Spreading the good gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, he, he says in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Once again, my brothers and sisters, when God opened doors, he opens up opportunities for us to plant seeds and to spread the gospel. I, I need you to understand it does not matter where you are when God opens doors. It is a door of opportunity to share the gospel uh, with to his people, amen. How many of you know that you can share the word of God without saying a word, amen, somebody? Let me say that again. How many of you know you can share the word without saying a word? Uh, it's called walk it like you talk it. I, I think that is so important. A lot of times uh, 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 Jesus doesn't ha didn't have to say a word. He just needed to walk by. Can you say the woman with the issue of blood? I don't recall Jesus ever saying anything to him until he asked, who touched me? He just walked by you. We just need to walk it like we're talking. That's what we will find in Acts 16. We see in Acts 16, 10, uh, Paul and Silas and Timothy traveled through the regions of Phyria and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. 
when they came to the borders of Mysia, they tried to enter Bethania. But the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Torres. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. I, I need you to see that in Acts 6 through 10. Can you see what happened in verse 6 through 10? God closed some doors and opened other doors for Paul and Silas. God closed the doors to Bethania and unlocked the doors to Macedonia. Uh, you see, when God unlocks doors, man cannot do anything to you or the doors to close it. No matter what type of security system, locking mechanisms, or physical surveillance is put in place, when God opens doors, he has already removed, resolved, and rejected the obstacles so that you can walk in that door. God opened the door for Moses to lead 600,000 people out of Egypt in the middle of the night. God did not lead Moses and the Israelites through enemy land. Or rather, he opened the door and led them through the desert toward the Red Sea as they journeyed to the promised land. Amen. We, we, when God opened doors, we have to make sure we're following God's word to the T when he opens doors because just like he opens the doors, he will shut that door. Let me give you an example. God shut the door to the promised land for Moses because he instructed Moses to speak to the rock, but Moses struck the rock. I, I need you to see that when God has you where he has you, he needs you to do what he tells you to do. But too many times when we get to get a little cocky and start filling ourselves, we begin to get off track some. So God closed the door to the promised land. Uh, disobedience will cause doors to become shut. Amen, somebody. I need you to know that. I need you to know that, my brothers and sisters. God opened the door and Philip preached Christ to the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts 8, 16, 8, uh, Acts 8, 26 through 40, God said to Philip, go, and Philip went, and now entire region would get to hear about Christ. Those are God, that is God opening up doors. You see, but we find Paul and Silas walking, minding their own business when they began to be bothered. The word said annoyed by this woman who was demon possessed. That's Acts 16, 17. She followed them for several days. She knew Paul was a servant of the high God. I need you to Keep that in your back of your mind, a servant of the high God, because you're going to see that again. After The scripture says, after being annoyed, Paul commanded the demon in the name of Jesus to leave the woman, and it did. But the woman master was hot because the woman uh, in her previous state brought in money. Paul cut off his income, and he was not happy. Paul and Silas were drugged into the center of the marketplace where they were accused, beaten, and thrown in prison. Verse 23 tells us that they were beaten. The word laid many stripes means that they were beaten severely and thrown in jail. Isn't that how life is sometimes? You do what you know is right, but the consequences or the repercussions from your action leads to you becoming beaten down, not physically, my brothers and sisters, but mentally or verbally because you took actions you knew uh, were the right actions, but now you become in prison by those actions and have to watch out for everything that you say, everything that you do on the job, in your relationship, 
and even in some churches. Amen. You are held prisoner because of doing thus says the Lord. But we are reminded that we have to continue to stand on the word of God. For we know that his word will not come back void. Amen. So, so we have Paul and Silas beaten and imprisoned. They were not just in any prison. They were in a maximum security prison. The scripture says, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Think about this. God has opened the doors. If, uh, uh, think about this. If God had opened the doors, why is Paul and Silas going through so much? They was already doing all right before they went to Macedonia. It seemed like uh, this door was not supposed to be open. It's like that in life sometimes. God opened doors of uncomfortableness. I, I need you to understand that God will open up those doors of uncomfortableness. Sometimes you may uh, uh, begin to doubt if the door you entered was open by God. We begin to question the open door because we are uncomfortable. Uh, I need you to think about it. Paul and Silas were doing great things with the churches before uh, coming into Macedonia and running to all those things that they encountered. I need you to remember this, that every open door is an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, even those uncomfortable doors, my brothers and sisters. So Paul and Silas are in prison. They must have thought Paul and Silas were some pretty bad boys because they placed their feet in stocks and searching the researching the word stock it means that the prisoners ankles were secured with what we what can be compared to as shackles or handcuffs have you ever been there where your hands are tied and your feet are shackled to the opinion and views of someone else uh, you find yourself being locked down and unable to break free from whatever reason it is important that we stay in tune with the word of God because at the end of the day only God can remove the shackles and the chains of drug addiction only God can remove the shackles and the chains of gambling addiction only God can move the shackles and the chains of sexual addiction and alcoholism uh, here he is a chain breaking God and he is a shackle loosening God we need to understand that only God can break those chains amen somebody so we find Paul and Silas thrown in the depth of the prison I don't recall reading in the word that Paul and Silas put up any resistance I know that they were severely beaten and chained shackled and handcuffed and put in maximum security prison all the while they never put up a fight now you don't want you to lose sight that God opened up the door to Macedonia and you see what Paul and Silas were going through I'm reminded again of three boys in Daniel 3 or uh, three Hebrew boys who were given a death sentence because they defied the king and would not bow down the scripture tells me that they were uh, tied or bound and, and then thrown into a heated uh, fiery furnace that was heated seven times hotter than normal. I'm telling you that God could have kept the furnace door closed, but God allowed that furnace door to be open. I I need you to remember that every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. You need to understand that every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. I'm talking about open and closed doors. Listen, King Nebuchadnezzar had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cast into a burning 
fiery furnace. Uh, uh, you need to understand that verse 24 of Daniel 3 tells me that King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to him, King, true, O king. Nebuchadnezzar said in verse 25, uh, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. I tell you, every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. You just catch what happened. Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he saw four. He knew he put in three and he began to say, I know I put in three. I see four and the one, the fourth one in there looked like a God to me. Amen, somebody. Every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. We, uh, when God opens doors, verse 26, uh, then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, look at here, servants of the what? Most high God. Where did you hear that at? He said, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. Every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. I said all that to say that when you find yourself in the middle of a fire or the middle of a storm, do like the Hebrew boys and Paul and Silas. Praise God in the midst of the fire. Look what Paul and Silas did. It was out of the ordinary. I need you to see this. Paul and Silas shows us what we must continue to do in the midst of our storms of imprisonment. Acts 16, verse 25 says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Did you get that? Every open door is an opportunity to share the word of God. I I, I need you to, to see that. It said Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. I don't want you to skim over that too fast. Who was listening to them? The scripture says that the prisoners was listening to them. Every open door is an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul and Silas is teaching us that yes, we might find ourselves in situations where we are physically, mentally, or even spiritually in the middle of adversity or we may find ourselves fighting adversaries. Paul is teaching us to pray, sing, and rejoice. I know that May not be what we want to hear at times, but it is what is necessary. Life from the secular world teaches us to fight back with our physical means. But life from the Christian world, uh, Paul is saying, pray and rejoice with your spiritual means. Fight back with your prayers and rejoice. And I like the emphasis Luke tells us that Paul and Silas prayed and sung hymns. I know this had to confuse the jailer and even the prisoners. Uh, Here... uh, here uh, these two men are badly beaten and thrown into a maximum security prison, shackled and locked up. But they praised God and sung him. That don't seem like normal. That seems abnormal. They were shackled, chained. They were beaten, shackled, and chained. But in the midst, they prayed and sing, sung hymns. I don't know if you caught the second half of the scripture in verse 25. It says, and the prisoners were listening to them. And the prisoners were listening to them. Did you get that? The prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas had a captive audience that listened to them singing hymns and praying. 
it is important, my brothers and sisters, that you remember that because as we move through the scriptures, the fact that they were listening to Paul and Silas singing and praying had a profound impact on their life. You see, my brothers and sisters, Paul and Silas were seed planting. They were making a deposit to the lost. That is why we can't get caught up in numbers but must focus on members. Let me say that again. Uh, we can't get caught up in numbers. We must focus on the member. Uh, amen, somebody. In the middle of their incarceration, in the middle of their storms, I'm sure they had pains from being badly beaten. I'm sure there was pain from the shackling of their feet, but they found the ability to praise God and sing hymns. I want to share something with you. If you want to mess someone up, that is being mean, cruel, or conniving to you. If you want to mess that boss up who's trying to get you fired. If you want to mess that co-worker up who is going around lying on you. If you want to mess that brother or sister up who is trying to destroy your marriage or your relationship. All you need to do is every time they see you, make sure you are praising and singing hymns. Uh, 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 I need you to do that until the Lord that will mess them up. Uh, they are either going to think that you are crazy or they're going to want to know what it is that you have and they're going to want some of it. I uh, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that is just what happened with the God. Look at Luke in verse 26 and 27. Uh, verses 26 and 27 says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately, I need you to catch that word, immediately. It didn't say it hesitated. It said immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Not just Paul and Silas' door was open, but it said all the doors were open and everybody's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison door open, supposing the prisoner fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. I tell you, every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel, my brothers and sisters. We see here in verse 26, God shakes things up. I love it when God shakes things up. He moves everything away from the status quo. He moves everything away from the status quo. It's what they're used to doing. Every now and then, God shakes things up so that change can occur. Uh, let me say that again. Every now and then, God shakes things up so that change can occur. I'm sure that God never experienced anything like that earthquake shaking so furiously. That door came open. He may have experienced an earthquake, but he never experienced a God shake. Let me say that again. Y'all going to get that. He may have experienced an earthquake, but when God begins to shake things up, that's different than an earthquake. Somebody will uh, get that when they get home. Amen, somebody. Uh, how many of you ever experienced a God shake? Uh, God had to take and shake things up to get you to Get out from where you were and get you to where he wants you to be. Uh, Luke says that the guard woke up and saw that the doors of the prison were open. Not just one door, but all the doors were open. I need you to see this. Uh, I need you to see what I saw that Luke did not say that only Paul and Silas' door were open, but the doors of all the prisons were open and everyone changed we're loose. Did you catch that good hope? I don't want you to miss that. Here you have other prisoners locked up, but not one of them tried to escape from their cell. That's not the normal things that prisoners do. After all, the chains, their chains were loosened and the doors were open. Uh, 
the normal reaction is uh, when the door is open is to walk out and walk away. I, I need you to hear that, to walk out and walk away, but not one of the prisoners moved. Did you get that? Not one of the prisoners moved. I need to I, I, I go here with my 21st century mind tells me that the other prisoners uh, in listening to Paul and Silas praising and praying were captivated and motivated to stay where they were. Every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. I have to believe it with all that I am that when these prisoners heard Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns, they escaped and just left them and they stayed where they are. Nothing said that God just put some barriers up to keep them there. After all, God opened up everybody's door, but they heard the word of God and was convicted to stay where they are. It's something about the word of God that just moves you in such a way. Hey, man, somebody, uh, I need you to know that. Uh, listen, listen, my brothers and sisters, the scripture says that when the guard woke up and he saw the prison doors were open, he was afraid that they had escaped and that he would have to pay for their escaping with his life. Luke says that in verse, and, and uh, Luke says in Acts sixteen twenty seven, and the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison door open, supposing the prisoners fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But look out, somebody! But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, "Do yourself no harm." Paul didn't say just Silas and I are still here. He said, "We are all, or we are all." Still here, Paul and Silas showed true faith in God. They could have escaped and been freed after and been freed after all, all the jail doors were open, but they stayed where they were. Even though God opened the jail house door, it was not meant for Paul and Silas to escape because God had bigger things in mind. You have to follow the story in order to go to the glory. Amen. The God was about to take. His life and Paul told him that everyone was still in their cells. Well, well, Pastor Stephen, God opened the doors. Why didn't they not go through the open doors? Listen, Paul and Silas knew that God had a bigger plan than just escaping. I need you to know that that is what he is. Uh, that's what the singing and the praying was about. It was why it is so important to listen to God for direction and instruction to to what to do and when to do it. Paul and Silas allow God to order their steps. You see, if they had escaped, then the guards would have been killed and Paul and Silas would have been fugitives from the law. My brothers and sisters, it is so important that we take time to pray and praise God because if we are not prayerful and careful to allow God to order our steps, we may step too soon and miss the blessing that God has set up for us or to use us as a blessing to others. Uh, uh, you see what? Uh, you see what happened. He called. It tells us in 29, then, the, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. I need you to see what happened. Uh, he called for a light. He was once blinded by the darkness. I'm talking about that jailer. He was once blinded by the darkness. And uh, uh, he called for a light. Uh, and when he could see clearly with the light, he fell down trembling. And then in verse 30, it says he brought them out. Uh, hello, somebody, did you get that? He said uh, he went in and he brought them out. I need you to see this good hope. The jailer uh, went inside the jail with the jail, uh, Peter, uh, Paul and Silas. So the jail went in and the jailer went in and to the jail and brought the jail 
out. I don't want you to miss that. Uh, once they were out, he asked them in verse 30, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Uh, you got to catch that now. The jail, the jailer went inside to the jail, brought in a light. Metaphorically, that was the light of him seeing. He was once in the dark. He walked in and he saw the light. He took and brought the jailed out. And then he asked him, what must I do to be saved? Only God. Only God. All right, don't miss this. We have the jailer asking the jailed about salvation. We have the jailer asking the jailed about salvation. Every open door is an opportunity to spread the gospel. Uh, Can you remember when God brought you out before you were saved? He opened your eyes. His light turned your darkness in. Today, he he brought them out like God brought us out. Uh, 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. I don't want you to miss that. And then verse 31 tells us that Paul and Silas told them how to become saved. So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Here you have the jailer asking the jail how to receive salvation. That ain't nobody but God. You see, I'm talking about the jailer did not, I need you to see this, the jailer did not run out to the seminary. He didn't go to the sanctuary. He did not run out to the synagogue. Did you see that? He was, uh, he was in a maximum security prison seeking salvation. Every open door is an opportunity to plant the seed about the good gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to miss that. Uh, do you see what's taking place? The God is saying, I don't know what it is that you two fellas have, but whatever it is, I want some of it. I, 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 he not only wanted it for himself, but he also wanted it for his whole household. Uh, uh, that thing, God is just working that thing out. I need you to see that it's hard to come in contact with God's word and remain the same. I need you to see the transformation that t- took place before I take my seat. The same jailer who had punished, uh, the same jailer who had been punishing them was now being ministered to by the jail Paul and Silas. The same jailer who had been punishing them was now being, now caring for the jail Paul and Silas. The same jailer who had been punishing them was now feeding the jail Paul and Silas. And the same jailer who had shackled them was now sympathetic toward the jail Paul and Silas. Won't God turn your situation into a celebration? Let me just say that again. Won't he turn your situation into a celebration? He will take your stress and turn it into your success. He will take your burdens and turn it into your blessings. He will take your pain and turn it into your praise. I know some of you out there had some pains, but you just sit there and you're just praising God. Uh, he, uh, uh, that's what he did for Paul and Silas, won't he do it? He has done it for you. Has he ever done it for you? Took your pain and turned it into your praise. Took your burdens and turned it into your blessing. I know it was hard to see, but God knew it and he did it. Amen. Somebody, as I 
get ready to close, I want you to know that the acronym for doors uh, uh, for when you come to a closed door, remember this acronym for doors, God's destination to uh, opportunities uh, received spiritually. Let me say that again. D-O-O-R-S is God's destination of opportunities received spiritually. You need to know that you know that when God opened doors, God is saying, I have another. When God closes a door, he's saying, I have a, another door open for you. Every open door by God is an opportunity to spread the gospel. You need to, you need to say to the closed door. Thank you, Lord, for the closed door. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me safe from the headaches and the heartaches behind that door. See, you will know when God opens doors because I like how Cindy uh, McManus put it in. She said that uh, she gave several ways uh, to know, but I like using the one she said, when God opens a door for you, the door that God opened will never contradict his word. It will never contradict his word. Amen, somebody. When God opened doors, it will never go contrary to the word of God. Uh, you will know when God opened doors, when God has opened a door before walking through it by prayer, praise, and patience. Uh, when God has opened that door, spend some time praying in the, from the word, praying to God and praising God, and then have some patience. Amen, somebody. You need to know that you know that you know when God opens a door, no man can shut. I don't care how hard they try or what type of force they use. When God opens a door, no man can shut. I'm reminded. wrote that his key would not open up the doors to Calvary's cross. Uh, God opened the doors and Jesus walked in and was hung on Calvary's cross, a door that only Jesus could walk through, the door of suffering, bleeding, and dying for a sinful world. They tell me that the door stays shut all night Friday night. Uh, they tell me the door stays shut all night Saturday night, but early Sunday morning, they tell me that Jesus got up with the key, and when he turned the key, the door opened, and he woke up with all power in his hand, uh, not just some power. I say that when God opened doors, it's an opportunity, my brothers and sisters. You need to get this, that Jesus uh, opened up that door, and that connection to the Father uh, was reconnected. We are opening up the church of the doors. If you want to know how to be saved, my brothers and sisters, you must A, B, C, admit to God that you are a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and uh, confess your faith. I tell you that uh, open doors is an opportunity to spread the good gospel.